Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Tuesday, November 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Transworld Airlines had a significant presence in St. Louis and continues to captivate travel enthusiasts roughly 20 years after its demise. A co-author of a new book on TWA's history says it went through a tumultuous period in the late 20th century. With leadership that was really putting other interests first besides the airline itself. We will speak with the co-authors of Come Fly With Me, The Rise and Fall of Transworld Airlines in just a few minutes. St. Louis has placed new limits on short-term rentals like Airbnb. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, Mayor Tashara Jones signed those rules yesterday. St. Louis had no regulations on short-term rentals, and the effects of the lack of those limits were laid bare in June when one teen died and 11 more were injured in a shooting at a party in downtown. Fourth Ward Alderman Brett Narayan maneuvered the proposals through the board over the course of six months. He says that shooting brought his colleagues' attention back to the issue in a tragic way. Anytime there's a situation like that, I think it's it's our duty as a legislative body to look to see if there are legislative fixes. The bills require permits to operate short-term rentals. They limit the number of those rentals available in a single property and prohibit stays of fewer than two nights. The regulations will take effect no later than next November. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Development Finance Board has signed off on the sale of $6 million in bonds for Boeing. They will help pay for upgrades to the infrastructure at sites Boeing wants to develop near Lambert International Airport. Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe says the opportunity to land such an investment is significant. Not only for St. Louis, but the region around St. Louis and the hundreds and hundreds of small family-owned businesses and medium-owned businesses that are suppliers uh, to Boeing projects across the state. The aerospace company plans to spend nearly $2 billion for new manufacturing facilities. Boeing has received more than $230 million in incentives from the state and local governments for the project. A St. Louis construction company is moving into a new building and adding at least 400 jobs. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports. Clayco, a construction and design firm, purchased the former Express Scripts building located off Interstate 70 in North St. Louis County. The company plans to significantly renovate the building to accommodate its current 600 employees along with an estimated 400 more. Clayco founder Bob Clark said the investment on the property is roughly $50 million. He says currently they work in four different locations in the St. Louis area. I think just as a opportunity when the building came on the market, when Express Scripts vacated it, um, to get all of our people under one roof is a great opportunity for the business. The expected move-in date into the new building is next October. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey is suing the Food and Drug Administration over the approval and regulation of the abortion pill Mifepristone. The suit seeks to overturn recent actions by the FDA that make the drug more accessible. It challenges a change to the pill's original safety precautions, the agency's approval of generic mifepristone, and a provision that allows the drug to be sent through the mail. Idaho and Kansas are also plaintiffs in the suit. Protests continue throughout the St. Louis region as the Israel-Hamas war enters its second month. 
Demonstrators were out yesterday at a Boeing plant in St. Charles. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz reports. Roughly 75 pro-Palestinian demonstrators blocked the entrances to the Boeing plant, aiming to disrupt the manufacturing of weapons sent to Israel. Rose Tang is a Chicago-based activist with the anti-war group dissenters. She says the Israeli military has killed thousands of Palestinians in Gaza. The U.S. is sending weapons to Israel from Boeing and from many other companies um, and utilizing many corporations that are profiting from this war. So we need to be targeting them on all fronts. Tang says protesters want to see the Biden administration push for a ceasefire in Gaza. But until then, the protests will continue. I'm Brian Munoz, St. Louis Public Radio. People in the region are also showing support for the approximately 240 civilians kidnapped in Israel by Hamas. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, visitors to Shaw Park in Clayton Friday milled around dozens of empty dinner tables. The tables were covered with white tablecloths and decked with loaves of challah, as if for a festive Shabbat meal. But all the seats were empty. Instead, a flyer attached to each identified one of the kidnapped people. David Plotnik and Daphna Revach of Olivet organized the event. Plotnik says it's a way to remember the people who are still in Hamas's custody. It's so important for everyone to come here and, and just show the support, tell all the people in Israel that we, we love them, we, we didn't forget about uh, all these 240-something people that are waiting to have Shabbat as well. Hamas has demanded the release of Palestinian prisoners in Israel in exchange for the hostages. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Descendants of people enslaved by Jesuits at St. Louis University are seeking reparative justice for their ancestors' labor during the school's creation some 200 years ago. Robin Prouty is a direct descendant and founder of an organization that wants the university to issue a public apology and erect a memorial. I have elders who I promise them that they will see something. So I don't want to keep going, but it's really hard because Mm -hmm. I see my elders, and I want them to be able to look and say, wow, this is for our ancestors. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Prouty was a guest yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. SLU says honoring the people Jesuits enslaved and their ancestors is a high priority, but the university is not offering specifics. Transworld Airlines had one of its largest hubs at St. Louis Lambert International Airport. Two authors with in-depth access to the TWA corporate archives in St. Louis have detailed the airline's history. I spoke with Daniel Rust and Alan Hoffman about Come Fly With Me, the rise and fall of Transworld Airlines. I started by asking them what makes TWA so compelling to want to write a book about it. This is Daniel. Today, Many people don't even recognize the name Transworld Airlines, but in the 20th century, it was a premier airline, one of the world's largest airlines, and really exemplified the new technology of air travel and the allure, the drama of air travel. This is Alan. TWA is kind of paradigmatic of the airline history of the United States, in particular kind of the glory days of the 1950s and the 1960s when the airlines were really doing everything they could to make flying as enjoyable and even exciting as possible. The airline placed one of its largest hubs in St. Louis. What was behind that decision? 
Transcontinental Air Transport, or TAT. This airline was developed in late 1920s when it was still not seen as practical to fly at night. So it was an air-rail combination. So it took 48 hours to travel across the country on TAT. St. Louis was strategic for them because Charles Lindbergh was one of the key figures of TAT and, of course, very famous in St. Louis. Fast forwarding to deregulation, TWA's opportunity to consolidate their operations into St. Louis and to not try to compete in the congested hub at O'Hare in Chicago made a very targeted effort to build up Lambert Airport as their primary domestic hub with international hub at JFK in New York. What finally ended the airline? Carl Icahn hammered the last nails into the coffin of TWA. All of the U.S. airlines, of course, suffered extreme financial distress as a result of airline deregulation. A number of old airlines went totally bankrupt. Perhaps the the most striking of all was TWA's great rival, Pan American. TWA managed to last for another 10 years, largely through the dedication of the airline's employees who were dedicated to trying to keep the airline going and make it survive and even succeed. How would you describe the history of this airline in just a few short sentences? TWA is almost like a case study of an airline that succeeded wildly early on due to the dedication and vision of its leadership, and then would persevere through a very tumultuous period in the later 20th century with leadership that was really putting other interests first besides the airline itself. TWA was created, nurtured, and then destroyed by these three larger-than-life personalities. Charles Lindbergh, of course, Howard Hughes, Carl Icahn, who kind of epitomized the greed-is-good culture of the 1980s. So TWA is kind of a story of these three characters who made the airline what it was and then ultimately contributed to its undoing. Come Fly With Me, The Rise and Fall of Trans World Airlines. That is the book. Co-authors Daniel Rust and Alan Hoffman. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Wayne. Yes, thank you. A big thanks to our Jonathan All for his editing skills on that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.